upcoming summer for the USMNT poll. Dun, dun, dun. And finally... Why do you sound like you're reading an ad right now? A few quick thoughts on the Gold Cup and this wonderfully abysmal raster that we put together. How do you feel about that as an intro, Luke? Let's run with it if you want to. Sure. You're okay with it being a monotone monologue from Lucas? I mean, I was reading it in my best advertising voice as possible, so... We need, we need to put some work into that, but we can do that. Good thing we that's can, not my job. Time in. <laughs> we can put some time in. Okay, well, welcome Here we to the are. pod. <laughs> Here we are. I knew you were going to do that to me. You always do that shit, man. Does it, make you, ma- does it, does it make you mad? Does it make you a little frustrated? No, it's expected at this point. Yeah, it's, that's true. All right, so we just had... Um, today's a really good day to be a USMNT fan. I think the skies are the clearest they've been in a long time. Minus a little bit of Greg Burhalter activity, but yeah, that's really you know, there's not a little too, too bit bad. Of Greg action stirring up in the Gulf. You know, we'll there's see a little bit of way. a triple G wind heading in, right? We'll see if it breaks in the direction that you know clears, brings us some nice sunny skies, or is it about to get really dark and stormy? Yeah, we'll figure that out as time goes on. But right now, last night we had the u.s beat canada 2-0 in a final that basically the u.s controlled the whole time and looked like a team that honestly is coming together at a point in time that where we really need to be building and this was a this whole weekend this whole last week and a half was a major step forward for the u.s team it was and retroactively looking back on the podcast we did before we played mexico if you would have told us at that point we would have gotten what two Pulisic goals, two rain assists, Balagoon getting a goal during his debut kind of tournament, um, and just all of these amazing performances and players sometimes in not familiar positions or playing mm-hmm. with pairings that they haven't played with in the past. It could not have gone much better than what it did, frankly. I could not agree more. We uh, really to see the first game and the absolute dominance of Christian Pulisic and him just being the best version of himself and then Gio Reyna bossing this whole last game, it it was something that just just made me feel so good, Luke. It, it was awesome to see as somebody that loves this team, you know? No, I completely, I second that. I really think that we went out there and we were direct we needed to be set up in a very strategic manner and put in amazing performances top to bottom. There were moments that, you know, some causes for concern, but honestly watching both these matches from beginning to end, it didn't feel like there were any moments where we're ever in truly a difficult or even like making me feel nervous in any, any position. Yeah. I mean, it was really complete control besides maybe there were a couple moments in the second half of the Canada game where, I think they had more possession and we were kind of more defending. But, I mean, e- even still with them putting on all the pressure, I really don't ever feel like we were pushed the way we have been in the past, you know, which is one of the biggest complaints I think we've always had about these U.S. teams the last three years or so is is that they've always been like a one-half team where they've played really good in the first half and there's been a drop-off. And then these last two games, they were full performances for a f- for like both 90 minutes of these games. Yeah, exactly. Top. So exciting to see. It was a cohesive performance. That a m- mature performance. It was. And mm-hmm. this is the youngest squad we've had start in our entire program's history in a final. 
I mean, the average age was somewhere around 23 years old, and we have Musa, Reyna, and um, who was the other? And Balagoon. All three of yep. them are 20 years old. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't and it? Key, key contributing factors to the success of these past two matches. So I just, I mean, if you look at We're our We're blown team, away. We're blown away here at Top Ends of Twins. We really I are. I don't know, man. It was just such a great experience. You know, these players hopefully can go get some rest that they need, that they seriously much need. Um, the European schedule has just worn a lot of them down. Mm-hmm. But, man, I could not be happier with how it went. Yeah, let's um, let's pause right here. I think that's a good little overview of everything that's happened at Nations League. But we'll kind of come back with some thoughts about who were the the main standouts, who were people that solidified a spot, maybe lost a spot. We got some um, thoughts to throw out there. So yeah, we do. So come on back. Check with us. back in a minute. Welcome back to Top Bins with Twins here. This is Luke, and Paul is right across the room from me, as we reiterated last pod. Yeah, we're not even going to dive into this. We're not. But, okay, we are back <laughs> with you all, talking about some of the standout performances and how those performances might impact the USMNT squad going forward. Um, so, Paul, I'm just going to dive into my first one that I'm sure all of you out there will be shocked to hear this. I think but I know... Giovanni Reyna put in an amazing performance. Two assists. And it's shocking. You put him in his probably naturally best position, and he thrives. It's really weird that that happened. You know, I, I could yep. not have predicted this occurring. But uh-huh. whenever you look at Reyna's performance, I feel like he was he was asked to do something he has not been asked to do before with the USMNT. He was playing a midfield position with not only attacking responsibilities, but also defensive responsibilities as well. Um, And against Mexico and especially against Canada, I feel like you could see that willingness that he had to, you know, make the runs forward, stretch the defense, you know, look for those incisive balls through, but then also drop back. And, you know, he's not he's not going to be rude Hewlett. You know, yeah, he's that, not going to be locking down the midfield by himself as a single pivot. That's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. But what we do want to see is that effort and that willingness yep. to do it. And that was so clearly there. And I really think after the way this has gone, he is back set as a mainstay in the squad. Um, we Should we just go there now and talk about yeah, just look, how we see that? Yeah, dude, I, I, go ahead. So... I personally think after seeing Reyna play in what is probably his best natural position, I think there is a very strong argument to be made right now that he is locked into the U.S. starting 11 in that position in the midfield. Mm -hmm. So what does that mean? That means that amongst the four who are competing for those midfield spots, so McKinney, Musa, Reyna, and then Tyler Adams, who is currently hurt, Amongst those four who are the, you know, seen as the top tier um, members of the squad that are competing for those positions, it seems like Reyna has locked in a position, in my opinion. When healthy. When he's healthy, when he's fully fit, you know, obviously a caveat on that is necessary. But I feel like he has locked that position down. And in my eyes, I see it as we have, out of those four I just mentioned, with... Reina being locked in, we have three people competing for two positions. 
Yeah. Right? So the, ma- the math does not work McKinney, out. McKinney, Moose, and Adams. I think amongst those three, we'll most likely see... On his, Honestly, though, I don't know if I'm even right in saying this. I feel like when Greg comes in, it'll be very likely we see the MMA midfield. And I think a lot of people are going to be very disappointed with that. But in my eyes, I think that our midfield three should most likely be, and obviously this is going to be dependent upon matchups um, and exactly what formation we want to play. I think our best midfield three are McKinney, Adams, and Reyna right now. I, I would agree with you, Luke. Yeah. As much as it sucks, I mean, Musa was actually really good these last two games, especially in the in this last one. He did a lot of things, I think, that are kind of against his profile and stuff he's not typically as used to playing as deep, and he had to concede a lot of the stuff that he, that he does well. But playing in that role that he was, I think he performed extremely well. He did great. But like you said, it's simple math. And somebody's going to be left out of this of this situation. And to me, I think a lot of it is situational. A lot of it depends on the team we're playing. Like, if we're playing a team that's going to be open and they're going to give us chances to attack, that's probably Gio Reyna in, the, in that cam position that he was playing. Right, right. And also, it, I, I really, I really, I'm, I'm there with you, though. I, he's, he's just too good to leave, to leave on the bench. He has he just, the like he just he, he just offers a profile that we really don't have in this team that this team needs, especially now that we see the connection between him and Flo. And I mean, that's after two games playing together. Like, imagine mm-hmm. how that partnership is going to grow. Yeah, those two like, are going to complement each other really well. I mean, Flo's ability to you know his build up play, you know, he for a you know smaller guy, you know, relatively speaking, he. He's amazing at holding the ball up, playing it around the corner to, to other teammates, mm-hmm. you know, playing it back, and making those runs in behind. Work rate too, man. Yeah. You know, I, I love that fit for those two. I think, like you're saying, they're going to thrive together as long as they're both able to be on the pitch. Something else that I was thinking about whenever we were just talking about this, right? We're talking about this debate amongst the midfielders, who's going to be starting, and that's assuming everyone's healthy. I, I yeah. worry... That's a perfect world scenario. We may never be in that position where all four of them are competing for three spots. Like I'm worried that one of them's going to be hurt every time we're getting together or two, you know, and other people are going to have to step up, but that squad depth and building the players that can, you know, plug and play like we saw against Canada, that is exactly what we need. And that's what we're seeing. You know, at least that's what we saw these last two matches. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Luke, I actually had something that I wanted to share with you during the pod. Yeah, go ahead. And so I'm going to pull it up and have you look at it. This is a depth chart that I'm handing Luke right now. And basically it's detailing every position, the top three people, top three players we have for every position and looking at it. So it was tweeted out. What's the name on that account, Luke? Uh, I think it was USMNT. It is from USMNT Corner, which is their their tag is at USMNT Corner. Yeah, they put out a little graphic where it's literally like if you look at every person on this list, it's like you could, oh, not every person, but a majority of these other people in this roster at their spot, you could find an argument for why they should be starting. And that's something that, like Luke was just saying, for the USMNT when you when you play um, club football year round and then you go to play for your country, like 
there's going to be injuries. You can't expect to have everybody in every camp. And the depth that we're building with this team is going to just pay off in the long run. And everybody and people step up too. Look at look at what happened today with you have McKinney and Desco out and then Scally comes in and has mm-hmm. a great performance against one of the one of the best players in the world <laughs> and Alfonso yeah, he, Davies and he just there were he did a great job. I mean, it was a team effort. As uh, if you watch the game, you could tell it was it wasn't Scally just isolating on Davies and shutting him down. Like it was a group effort. It wasn't the Kyrie moment saying he wants to isolate. I got Giannis. Giannis. <laughs> I got Giannis. Oh, uh, that's that's great content. Yeah. But I agree. I think that you know Scally, for example, like he he put in a great performance, and tactically we put him in a position to where he could succeed. Right. If we set up to where he's isolated against Fonzie in a, you know, in space, he's going to struggle with that. You know, as we saw, he was yeah. backpedaling the whole match. Yeah. But that that's how you have to defend him with his pace. He has those moments where he just turns it up a notch and against world class athletes, he makes them look like they're kindergartners that are chasing him around. It's yeah. just it's impressive. He's such an amazing athlete and his technical level is really high, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with all your points about our squad depth. Like for example, look at Taylor Booth, someone who was not on the radar at this time last year, even really, I mean, world cup, there were kind of some nibbles here and there, you know, he was a little bit on the rise, but honestly, he, he is going to keep pushing and it's possible. Eventually he could be, you know, very much so either, close to taking away a spot or overtaking way for that position see i it's gonna take a lot of and i i agree with you i think it's entirely possible but i'm telling i think Weya is another person that stood out to me in this camp that that right wing is his spot to lose for the next uh, up until 2026 i agree yes okay that's and the that, point it's, it's gonna take a large move is what i think you're saying that's and the I point i was gonna make further down the line is that i think booth say he makes a move to you know top five league and then from there, if he goes to an even bigger club, he is in that position to overtake Wea by the 2026 World Cup. Yeah. And Copa America. And he could. He could. I don't see too much changing in our squad for Copa America. I think a lot of that's going to be developing chemistry with Balogun, um, all those things, right? I, I think there will be a lot of building for Copa America. By the time the World Cup rolls around, we could see, you know, four, five, three, I, I don't know how many, but lots of different changes in our starting 11. Yeah, no, it's an, it's entirely possible there could be a lot of change. But for now, I, an, another one that really sticks out, Luke, to me that, I mean, obviously this is pretty clear, but Jedi Robinson, dude, he was so, he's he's just such a rock for this team on that left side. And his ability to stretch the field, to interact with Pulisic on the left. Like, the, they've built a pretty good partnership. And, yes, there's certain things he lacks. But defensively, man, he is just – he's a brick wall over there. I I agree with everything you just said about Jedi. I think in the past, especially for his performances for the USMNT, you could feel a little bit of hesitancy, right? There was – you know, he had that link-up play with Pulisic and then the midfield as well. But defensively, he always felt like he wasn't quite sure if he's in yeah. the right spot, you know, if he should make a ch- challenge. But I think after this year at Fulham, after, you know, playing really well and being one of Fulham's sure. more reliable sure. players, I think that confidence has just gone to the next level. And you can see that, right? He seems he feels like a no-nonsense defender that 
you know, he's like, okay, go at me. Like, you're not going to get past me. I've gone up against the best and I stood up and, you know, I am put in really good performances and it, I love to see that. Yeah. I, I think we really saw it in the Mexico game, but Jedi and death's ability to decide, I think they're getting really good at deciding about when to go forward, when to stay back. Like, I think they're, th- what they've really developed the last couple of years is a radar for how to react for what the game needs. And that's something that's critical for your fullbacks because, I mean, if you have somebody just sprinting forward when they shouldn't or they can't make the right, like, I, I think they're just getting cohesively, this team is getting better at reading each other and understanding where they should be at the right moments. And I think that that really speaks to the bond that these players have. And it's a team that, I, we, we've talked about this, but I love to root for these guys because they all seem to just, like, root for each other and be each other's biggest fans. And that's, yeah, that's something right. like, how, how could you mm-hmm. not be supportive of that? And like, obviously, I mean, it's CONCACAF. So I mean, there was a lot of shit that went on the last, especially in the Mexico game. And there was also a moment in the Canada game where I think it was Aronson when he was subbing out Buchanan came up and like shoved him. And then Pulisic ran over and he was like, yeah, we're not, we're not doing that shit, man. And just got in his face and told him basically to fuck off and get out of there. Like that's, that's just something that like, we love to see as fans because we want to ride for our baby Eagles. And they give us, they, they really, in these two games, they, they gave us so many examples of just supporting each other and caring about each other as a team. It's, it was fucking awesome, dude. I agree. And that's, that's really what you have to see from Christian Pulisic to know that you're going to get the best version of him. Mm-hmm. You have to see that player who's engaged, active, Angry. you know, lively on the ball. Like, Think about all the times at Chelsea whenever he'd be there where he'd get clattered for the 10th or 11th time in a match. And no one's there to fight for him. No one's there to pick him up. He needs a team that has his back, and he will in turn have theirs. So that's something I think that we're both looking for in his next mm-hmm. move, that he finds a club that he can call home. And yeah, really that's, just that's the word right there, dude, home. Get out of this just perpetual cycle of not being able to be the best version of himself at Chelsea. So yeah. something to look out for. Um, but I think going back to Jedi Robinson, you know, I just pulled up some statistics from him from Football Brief, and he is amazing in two specific ways, right? When you compare him to um, other fullbacks over the last year, he is in he is in the 87th percentile for progressive carries right and that as we've said that's one of the best reasons why he's so good with Pulisic because he can stretch high whenever he needs to but he's amazing with the ball at his feet for for a left back and he covers Pulisic very well because he's so adept defensively yeah and he has that pace right there are not very many people who are gonna fly by him you know he's He's good intuitively, but also athletically, he has that pace to recover if he makes a mistake. And then the second category that he's really great at, and this builds on his intuitive thought process when he's defending, is his interceptions. He is in the 90th percentile when compared to other fullbacks in similar leagues. And that's incredible. You know, like that that jumps off the board. It, It really makes you think after seeing how solid he looked, that maybe Fulham is not where he's going to top out. I think we could see a big move for him. There were rumors about city at some point, but I don't know if you're a top club in the prem or maybe even, I don't know, say Italy or, you know, one of these top, top tier clubs in any of the top five leagues, he's someone you probably have that you're looking at. If I, you know, if I had to wager. 
So, Luke, um, let me throw a little hypothetical out there for you. Who is Newcastle starting left back right now? Uh, that would be Dan Byrne, who is let a me, center back. Let me tell you who may be a better fit for them. Okay. I think they'd have to tactically change how they play, though, right? I mean, a little bit, but I mean, I think you're going to see Newcastle. I mean, not to turn this into a Premier League podcast, but you're going to see them adapt next season and the season after. And I think he's part of the progression, getting fullbacks besides Trippier on the right, someone on the left that can also do a little bit of what he does. Someone who I've seen linked to Newcastle as a left back was Tierney from Arsenal. Okay, yeah, Tierney's a lot better ball player. That would be very good. And they, as Jedi's I said, Jedi's probably a better defender than Tierney. Straight yeah, up. No, I I agree. And he, the way he carries the ball too would he, that would be a great fit. It's an um, idea. I I like that shot. That's a good one. Yeah, but also, so um, is there anything else you want to add? Like anybody else you think that really just locked in the starting spot? I mean, besides the, I mean, we know Pulisic, we know Turner, we know. Probably, honestly, probably Chris Richards whenever he's healthy. I was about to say that. That's what I was saying. It was Chris Richards put in, you know, the goal is great, but it was more so his defending prowess. And um, the ability to play balls off his feet, man. Yeah, he's, exactly. He's so talented yeah. that way. And I don't think we need to dive into that too much because yeah. that, that is, it does feel like a lock if he's healthy and fit. So, um, yeah. do you have any last points you want to make on this topic? No. I, I think um kind of touched on everything, but... Like you said earlier, we're going to see, I think going into Copa America, we're not going to see too many changes to the starting 11. But by 2026, I think we're going to see a lot of these fringe guys, like maybe Taylor Booth, maybe Pepe, maybe um, maybe somebody from a U20 team, maybe Paxton Aronson. Just, we're going to see a lot of fringe people that are going to start pushing for spots. And it's going to be, the competition's going to be fun to watch. And at the end of the day, we're just going to grow from it and be a better version of ourselves. So I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, no, I agree. It's, it's been such a refreshing, refreshing time to be a USMNT fan. Yeah. After the, this earlier this summer. Yeah. (laughs) It was just, I, I feel like post world cup, we were kind of, you know, stuck in the mud. It felt like everything was stagnant, but you know, there wasn't a lot of time the team had together. So there wasn't really an opportunity to progress from that. And seeing them take that step past this and, you know, put that World Cup in the past, move on together. And, you know, we have a good system in place, right? With Greg coming back, at least there is some familiarity there, right? Our players know what he expects and hopefully he can adapt his, you know, sense of judgment a little bit. Keep BJ Callahan on the staff and let him make all the tactical decisions and uh, pick the starting eleven. That would be amazing. Yeah, I don't think that's yeah. going to happen, but um, it is. Hopefully, we can see growth from Greg as well. Uh, I hope that he learned some stuff while he was away. Mm-hmm. Yep. So let's um, wrap on this and be right back for one little last segment. Okay. All right. Sounds great. <laughs> all right, Luke. We're back on the pod. Oh, that's what we're doing? Yeah. But listen, the lights cut low, and Troy Bolton looks up in the crowd. And who does he see? You tell me. Gabriella. And you ask, why am I mentioning High School Musical? I don't know. Tell me. I'm not because sure. Because if, honestly, we'll, we'll post it on our socials, but there was an awesome video of the USMNT, Weston McKinney, leading them seeing, um, what is it, still? Breaking oh, Free. Breaking Free. Dude, it was 
uh, on its peak U.S. team. Like they just won won this really big tournament, had a great performance, and they're singing High School Musical. I mean, what the hell, man? That was awesome. I just have to wonder anyone from Europe or South America. Or oh, they they think they're that watch crazy this and think what the hell is going on here? But <laughs> from us who grew yeah. up with High School Musical, it was so cool. It's just so fitting to see you know players, you know enjoying the moment and deciding to play high school musical and, and being themselves, you know, like they're, they're just, they're just having a good time. And that's what this team's about. It is. It really is. Mm-hmm. I agree. I, you love to see it. Um, and just a fun group of guys, frankly. Yeah. All right. So Luke, we're going to do a little, a little more information for everybody out there about kind of with the USMNT heading forward, what it's going to look like the rest of the summer heading into next year. And so we actually have, gold cup coming up and so it's going to be a smaller roster of um more mls players we have matt turner who's going to play which i'm assuming he'll start i mean selena is going to be on the roster too so hopefully he can get some minutes yeah that'd be nice that'd be really exciting to see our up-and-coming goalkeeper get some time in big games like that and just experience in general and then so the first game of that's going to be against jamaica and then the second game is to be tbd and then trinidad and tobago on july 2nd so we're gonna see that i mean it's gonna be basic it's gonna be a beard b team u.s tier team but it's gonna be there's chances for certain players to highlight themselves and stand out and maybe try to enter the periphery of the starting 11 for the u.s so i have three players i think that with the right performances could do a lot of growth for their u.s stock going forward let me guess. One of them is Aaron Long. <laughs> <laughs> How did I know? <laughs> no, like I, I, I got out the put options on that. We're, uh, we're, we're shorting the shit out of the Aaron Long stock. I don't know Let me if tell you. that's a sound investment. I feel like it might be heavily shorted already. <laughs> I mean, with Triple G back, we never know. Okay, so number one, Malalovic. Okay. He just got a big move to a Dutch club. I think his season over there kind of was up and down a little bit, kind of rocky. But we want to see him in Gold Cup just have a have a good attacking position, have a good role to highlight the stuff that he could bring because it's honestly kind of like I see him probably sliding into like the geotype role, sliding in that and being a backup for that position. We actually really don't have one right now for geo. Like if we want to play that four three three or whatever shape it is, where or four two three one, whichever, yeah. yeah. However you want to phrase it, where we have basically a a midfielder that's going forward more. I think after Geo, I'm not sure who else out there really fits that role. And Malavich could be someone that slides into the fits in those shoes, you know? Yeah, no, I, that's a good shout. I think his game is really interesting. You know, I would definitely need to do a deeper dive on everything that he, the way he plays, frankly, but this will be a great chance. You know, the gold mm-hmm. cup as we're kind of highlighting here is an opportunity for these players to show themselves but also it's a good opportunity for USMNT fans to get an in-depth look at these players who, you know, like we're trying to say, might be on the rise and competing for those starting 11 and our, you know, top tier um, mm-hmm. A-team. Yeah, and it just gets back to the depth the depth idea of we just want to build out the biggest squad possible that offers the most diversity to how we can match up with other teams. And so the next person I want to highlight is Brandon Vasquez. He has had a little bit – 
like last year was a great year in MLS for him, and he actually got involved with the U.S. picture, chose the U.S. over Mexico. I think he had a game where he scored two goals in a friendly. Yeah, he's, he's had I good moments for the U.S. Yeah, he has. Yeah. But I think he's kind of had a rocky year, so it probably a good performance in the Gold Cup would help balance him out this year, put him on the right path for it. I mean, right now the the nine pool is extremely crowded with um, with flow coming in, which so. is kind of shocking. If you would have gone back yeah. a year year and a half ago, just think about us now saying that <laughs> the nine position is crowded. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's really cool, honestly. Like, I mean, I I personally am still a big believer in Josh Josh Sargent. And I think he can really push both of the nines that are quote unquote ahead of him right now, Pepe and Flo. Where I, it, it wouldn't surprise me, like if you see Sargent make a have a good year, then championship next year. Like he started out so good this year, he did right, and that's something that we want to see him continue into next year. You know, Norwich should be in a position where they're competing for, if nothing else, the playoff in the championship. Yeah, and he's going to be a key reason why they get to that place if they do. Yeah. I agree. And I mean, if you look at the World Cup, I mean, the first goal we scored against um, Wales, who took the ball down, who controlled it, who slid it to Pulisic, that was fully Sargent. Mm-hmm. And there there was a severe drop off whenever we played Iran because Sargent couldn't play. Once again. Yeah. I mean, you, selection by Triple G. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there were other it's, options out there for him to play, but I, I think Sargent, my, my whole the whole thesis here is I think Sargent does stand a good chance in the last couple of years, but, and if Vasquez wants to enter himself into the seriously into the discussion, he's, he's got a lot of work to do. And this is going to be a first step in that direction. He does. And another reason why that is true is because his profile fits very similar to what Sargent does. Um, Haji, Wright, All those yeah. kind of bigger bulky, not necessarily bulky, but bigger striker strikers that require, the ball to be played into them, they require service. They don't have that, you know, differentiating factor that someone like Flo does, right? Flo has that ability to play in behind, play direct to him, link up, you know, build into the play. He can, it seems like he can do a lot of different things and do them all really well. Obviously he can grow his game, but someone like Vasquez is going to have to be very efficient in front of goal and he's probably going to have to make a move to a bigger club at some point if he wants to be, you know, vying for even just to be in the squad mm-hmm. in the first place. I think I saw maybe a couple weeks ago or maybe a month or so ago that Vasquez was rumored to a couple of Bundesliga clubs, which I think would be a great league for him to get a foothold in. Yeah. Try if, that out. Yeah. Honestly, I, he, he has to. I mean, it, it's one of those things, too, where, like, we always want to talk about a player kind of like, quote-unquote, conquering their league and then moving on to a bigger league. But at this point, I mean, you, you kind of have to take a swing here because if you if you stay in MLS and just become pl- complacent, you're, I, I don't know how much that's going to do for you, you know? Mm-hmm. If he were to, say, go to the Bun- Bundesliga, I think if we see 15-plus goal contributions from him in the, oh, yeah. Bund- in the German Bundesliga, he is in that discussion, right? It Absolutely. would be very difficult to not give him the attention and not – think about bringing him in um so I, I do like that i hope he makes that move to the bundesliga i don't know what clubs he's rumored to be going to um i hear Bayern munich's looking for a striker so <laughs> yeah that that's a hell of a shout <laughs> purely, there. purely a joke there but that's a hell of a shout it would be good for him i'd like to see him make that move to the german bundesliga mm-hmm. all right so i have one more i'm gonna throw at you luke i think zendayas is somebody we really want to see he was on the nation's league roster and didn't get any minutes 
And he, he brings a profile to the U.S. from a creativity and also ability to hit the ball and interplay with people that it, it, he stands out in the pool in certain regards, but I don't know if he brings necessarily enough. You know, like, I, I think against a team playing in a low block, he's somebody you kind of want out there to help, like, with like, like imagine him and Gio. Like, he's on the right wing, Gio's in the middle, interplay between them, quick balls, playing people through. With Flo, he would be a really good fit, too. So, I mean, mm-hmm. like, I think there's certain things he could offer, but, like, this is the same with the three players we've mentioned. They have to showcase their own unique skill set to the point to prove to Triple G that they need to be there and they offer something. So this this is a chance for everybody. So we're, we're, we'll see what happens in Gold Cup. It's, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out, really. It will be. Bringing up Triple G raises a point I wanted to hit while we were on here. And I found it really interesting that he's not going to be co- coaching the Gold Cup. Yeah. Right? He's going to come back afterwards. Apparently there's, you know, the language out there that they want to, he wants to spend this time studying and developing the program away from the team. And I think it's very strategic that he's not coming back for the Gold Cup with a lower tier team. If he were to go out there and the U.S. were to lose their first two matches, mm-hmm. Twitter would explode right and so i I just don't think it's the you know kind of negative stigma he's looking for yeah i mean that honestly i i kind of like the idea of i mean listen it, it is what it is now he's gonna be our coach heading into 2026 so why if he's not already back why trot him out for something happening here in a couple of weeks when he doesn't really have time to prepare time to be back i mean let let him sit back a little bit analyze and prepare for for other things you know i disagree i think he should be coaching this team for the main reason that there's a lot of growth that needs to happen for him as well and managing these point. games very valid point are good or it's a really good way regardless of result for him to go out there and show hey i have grown in this way and i mean you know the gold cup is important but it's not going to make or break our program. And we really mm-hmm. wanted to win nations league. So yeah, 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 him going out there coaching, you know, trying new things during the gold cup and really kind of prioritizing playing some of our younger up and coming players. That's something that I would have liked to see during the gold cup, you know, BJ Callahan, I'm very excited. He's getting another opportunity yeah, um, to show what he can do and um, really make an impact on the program in the short amount of time he's been there. Well, short amount of time he's been in charge there. I just would have preferred to see Greg jump right back in, put himself into the fire, and then get that first match, you know, being our manager again out of the way. But it is what it is, you know. So, it is what it is um, at this point. Yeah. You just kind of have to accept it. But um, also, to a little other thing to mention. So we also have a really big international friendly to look forward to in the first international break of the next club season. So on October 14th, the U.S. is going to play Germany in East Hartford, East Hartford, Connecticut. Man, I can't say that together. But anyways, they're going to play Germany in that, and that's going to be one of, I think that's going to be a high-profile match. This U.S. team, I think there's a lot of players from both teams that would know each other, so it, it'll be fun to see how our baby Eagles match up against Germany, who's honestly one of the, probably one of the better teams in the world right now. I really am concerned, though, that we're going to be playing against Germany's B or C squad. I feel like that always happens when you play these big teams and in international friendlies. 
yeah. they just don't want to play their top players and you know for whatever reason you know they can do that but I would I want to see Germany playing their nearly almost full starting 11. We we can hope. That's what we, that's what the yeah. We yeah, exactly. roll out our starting 11 and you know go at it for 90 minutes, right? You know there's nothing really on the line there except for trying to grow and develop and that's really kind of what I want to see. Yeah, no, I I that's I should have stated that clearly that we want to see a full strength baby Eagles going up against Germany because that's the only way we're going to get better, you know? Like, the this is a top European opponent, and I would feel very let down, like Luke would, if it isn't a full-fledged starting 11 for Germany because we're not going to get anything. Like, we get, you get so much more out of pushing yourselves and seeing how you match up against top-tier talent than you do about mm-hmm. playing someone. I'd rather, I'd rather lose 2-1 to a, start, to a great German team than win 3-0 to a to a German team that's not full strength. Like I, I want, I want to learn about the team or even worse going to Panama and being conca calfed and end up losing two to one <laughs> or yeah. whatever, maybe. Right. And that's yeah. just typical for how it feels like it goes in conca calf. I, that did raise a question for me, Paul. So when we played Germany and that was in, did you say October? Yeah, it's October 14th. Whenever we play them on October 14th, do we have another round of friendlies before that? I think we do. Cause I think there's, I think there's a international window in September. I don't see any. I am on the U.S. website right now. Okay, well, maybe they just haven't scheduled anything because I think there was supposed to be an international window in September and then I think another one in October. So I'd like to see something scheduled for them. But the point I was trying to make from all this is we have from this point up until our first friendly that matters to wait to see that starting eleven that Greg is going to roll out and I'm not going to lie. I'm nervous. I really, if Gio's fit and healthy, if Gio's not in that starting 11, I am going to be so concerned for Gio's Mm -hmm. future with the USMNT. And honestly, our program losing perhaps one of our best prospects ever. Yeah. It's going to be a truly monumentally dark day. And trust me, there's been a lot for us USMNT fans out there. If it ever gets to the extent where Gio Reyna decides to use a one-time switch to another country, which he has the ability to, uh, it's it's going to be dark days for a long time because that's he's a such a special young talent. And as we saw these last this last week and a half, he just offers so many things to this team. I I would hope. I I would really hope, and I say this kind of from a scared perspective that there's been conversations taking place where the Federation was like, Greg, you have to make this okay with Gio because he is a main part of our future going forward. And if he alienates Gio, then there's going to be hell to pay from, from a lot of different angles. Cause it's, it, it would be, it would be a very dark day. And on that bright note, I think we're going <laughs> to call it quits for this pod. Yeah, but it, besides the last um, two minutes, three minutes there, it's been a fun pod. It has been. You know, there's a lot of positives here. I think that we're both very excited. You know, after these most two recent matches that the USMNT had, there's a lot of things to be excited about, look forward to for the future. So um, be sure to come back to Top Pins with Twins and we will cover everything that you need to know and if we don't, let us know. We'll be happy to add it to the next pod. Yeah, absolutely. Just re- reach out to us. We're we're here for any discourse, Premier League, USMNT. We're 
Listen, we talk about this stuff whenever we're not doing the podcast. We talk about this stuff when we're driving in the car. We talk about this stuff all the time. So if anybody who ever wants to hang out with us, grab a beer or just do whatever, talk to us on Twitter, reach out. We're, we're here for it, man. All yeah, day. Thank you all for joining us um, mm-hmm. on this USMNT version of Top Ends with Twins. And we look forward to having you join us next time. Yeah. Go baby Eagles. Yeah.